and welcome to the Being an Engineer podcast. Our guest today is Mark Rushton, who is a product portfolio manager with an engineering background at Dassault Systems, better known to most of us as the parent company of SolidWorks. Mark has deep experience working with 3D CAD and 3D printing in several capacities, from research to consulting for companies such as Rolls-Royce, GE, and Dyson. He also has a design background. Uh, so, Mark, thank you so much for joining us, and welcome to the show. Thank you, Aaron. It's a, an honor to be invited and a, a real pleasure to be here. Great. So, let's start off uh, with the basics. What's, what's your story, Mark? How did you get to where you are today? That's a very good question. I'll give you the short version. Okay. But basically, I was very interested in technology and computers when I was at school. I was always doing some sort of thing on on a PC, or even I had a. It was it was old at the time. But I had a Commodore sixty four that I used to play games on, and I was always trying to do yeah different stuff with with those. And wasn't content with just what you could do on the surface. I always wanted to kind of dig in and, and see how things worked and, and things like that. And I ended up looking at computer science at university, but programming was not something I was really that interested in. And it didn't seem to have the same sense of satisfaction. It just didn't give me that. And I ended up looking at different courses and my father had actually been a design engineer in the past and I'd never really shown any interest in that um, but when it kind of came up in in the course uh, prospectus that I was looking through it, it seemed like yeah, actually this would be really kind of interesting to, to look at and so I went down the, the kind of design and engineering field uh, a bit more and a little bit further away from computer science and then after a couple of years of doing some design work, I, I found myself more interested in the CAD and the software again. So I kind of oh, okay. yo-yoed back and forth and <laughs> ended up kind of in my sweet spot. So now I'm working on how we can solve engineers' problems uh, working on CAD software. Very cool. I, I remember when I was in college, uh, my freshman year, I think, I took a CAD class. It was the first time I had ever been exposed to CAD. And it was so cool, right? It was the first time that I'd be able to like create something that uh, had these perfect edges and, you know, prismatic surfaces and, and all that stuff. And uh, I, I took a few more CAD classes. I think my sophomore year I had another one. And uh, one of our projects was we had to model a uh, a car, any car that we chose. And we chose the, uh, the Ferrari Modena. And uh, I remember spending like all day Saturday, every weekend in the computer lab, just modeling this thing, not because I, I had to, but because it was so fun. Um, and it sounds like you had maybe similar experiences. Absolutely. Yeah. I, so I was, uh, I, I was never that good at sketching things, which, which is kind of strange for someone who's looking at doing design. I was very good at kind of drawing side profiles of cars when I was, you know, really small and used to do all crazy things with massive kind of wings and yeah. things like that. And CADs just meant that I could realize something in 3D. And like you say, it's so satisfying to go from your imagination and put that into something that you can spin around and then you can manipulate it. So with a, with a hand sketch, you're kind of stuck. Like you kind of got to start again or erase something. But with the CAD 
not only is it 3D, but you can stretch it, you can you know, roll back and change something. And it kind of gives you ideas as you're going, like something you thought was, you know, the right way to do it. You see it on screen and you go, actually, no, that, that doesn't look how I imagined yeah, yeah. Uh, it you, levels you just... the playing ground, right? Those those fancy IDs that can sketch anything and make it look amazing. Now we can come in, our, yep. these uh, limited engineers with our sketching and, and take it to the next level in CAD. Absolutely. Uh, so your 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 role and responsibility right now is as a a product portfolio manager. What what all does that entail? Yeah, so we are, so I, I'm uh, leading the team of our mechanical design engineering products. So there's a small team of product portfolio managers with each their own products to look after. And we basically have to make sure that they are solving design designers and engineers challenges. So like yourself, you're, you're designing tooling and fixtures, for example, uh, but there's always something you're getting stuck on or something just takes you too long or it's too repetitive. What I want to do is speak to engineers like yourself and figure out what the problem is. I don't want to necessarily know the solution. I want to find out what the what problems you're having and kind of prioritize the biggest problems that, and we fix them in, in our software just to make things easier. Or sometimes it's a new product altogether. Um, so anything to solve problems that uh, design engineers have that sounds like a fun job getting to solve problems all day it is it's uh it's i mean it's it like I say i kind of in my sweet spot because i can relate to what design engineers are you know, trying to solve themselves and we just want to make it easier because going back to what i was saying before like when you are designing something in 3d uh you sometimes you you just can't get the same shape or form that you have in your head and that's what we want to avoid like we don't want the cad software or mine or the user's knowledge of the cad software to influence the design like we want the designer to just be able to get into the the system the form that they're looking for we don't want to, to limit them and and say well yeah you can't really do that shape because you know you need another piece of software or or it's too many clicks, things like that. We we just want to get get the design into the system as quickly as possible. At SolidWorks, we've had a, a kind of phrase, a catchphrase, or a saying that we want designers to be able to focus on design and not CAD. And that's kind of been our mantra for a long time. Oh, so I like want, that. Yeah, we want you to use the. We want you to do design and not worry about the CAD software, how it works. We don't want you hunting for tools. We don't, you know, we don't want it to be too difficult to find the right workflow. Yeah, I think it can be easy to get into the trap where you think of CAD as design, and it's not. CAD is a tool. You know, it's a, a screwdriver or a wrench or, or whatever. But CAD is not design. Design is what happens, you know, in, in your head and in your heart. Um, and CAD is just a tool to to take that out of your 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 brain and realize it in reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned that one of your jobs is to identify problems and then solve them. How do you go about identifying what the most challenging problems are in the industry? Hmm, that's that's a great question. So th- there's a number of ways we uh, kind of find problems uh, and then prioritizing them is is the kind of next challenge so 
from my own experience of using CAD, I've used a lot of different CAD software in, in my background. Uh, so I tend to know the bits where I've got stuck. And talking to customers, you often find that they have very similar challenges and, and they get stuck in the same place. But we also do things like surveys and um, you know, focus groups and, and things like that. We, we try to have customer advisory boards where we meet with customers and uh, from a range of industries and see if they actually have common challenges. So if we have a, you know, a yacht designer and a um, conveyor uh, designer in the same room, you'll probably find that some of them have the same challenges, even though the products are completely different. And they're the things that we want to focus on first because it affects the most people. So it's really, we look at the impact that, that the problem is, is having and, and try and focus on those. So yeah, there's a range of touch points that, that we have, whether it's someone on our forum or we speak to customers directly or we hear it from resellers. Um, just anybody who touches the software in some shape or form, we consider a customer, whether it's someone internally who's using it to create demos, one of our resellers or, or an end user. And uh, yeah, we just kind of put all the ideas into a, a funnel effectively and then try and prioritize e each one. I have an idea for you. I just came up with this. This is, awesome. this is like some ragtag wannabe actor chasing down a Hollywood producer here with a script. <laughs> um, it would be really cool, maybe, if uh, SolidWorks had this little group, like a Skunkworks group internally, that was a, a group of design engineers that was available for hire, you know, to commercial industry. And so you have an opportunity to do real engineering work. And the, the focus for that group is twofold. One is actually to do commercial work, but the other one is so that you have an internal group that is actually using the product in a way that they can identify those problems themselves. Is there anything like that at SolidWorks? Similar. So the majority of people working on the software have a similar background to me. Most people have come from design, engineering, or working closely with end users, like from our reseller network. So we do have people, the people that write the specs for how everything should work, do use the software on a daily basis for their own projects. We don't do anything commercially. Uh, I think that's mainly just because, you know, we might spend more time doing that than, you know, actually writing specs on the software. So we do use it for our own projects. We do have a number of internal challenges. So we have a huge, huge number of uh, people working in R&D uh, that basically pick a, a topic. So right now we're working on uh, like living in space as a project. Hmm. So there's there's hundreds of people working on this how to live in space kind of project. Oh, so it's, how cool. it's kind of like the International Space Station, but like if we were to reimagine it and design our own. So we, we take on these kind of big challenges to see how the software behaves and, and what challenges. And we get a lot of enhancement requests from, from that as well. Nice. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. One of your roles has been as a portfolio manager for the uh, 3D printing or additive manufacturing. Um, what what does SolidWorks do to, to work with additive manufacturing partners? Um, how is SolidWorks optimizing the software for the 3D printing process? 
Yes, that is. It's a very challenging area right now because it's still, although there's a lot of press around additive manufacturing, there's still not that many people that are really using it as a full production kind of method. It's it's definitely an extra tool that the engineers have in their kind of arsenal. So um, to, SolidWorks has always tried to cater for the mainstream professional designer. And so additive is still kind of in those pockets of um, specialism. So it's very difficult for us to, to really commit the resources. But what we've done at Dassault Systems more recently is kind of pooled all of our development resources. So within Dassault, obviously we have SolidWorks as a brand, but we also have Katia, uh, Delmia, Inovia, and, and others, and they all have their own specialisms. And Delmia is uh, the manufacturing expertise. So what we've done now is kind of opened up our portfolio and we have access to all of the manufacturing expertise there. And they do have a number of additive manufacturing solutions. And also our friends at Katia have uh, very advanced capabilities for like function-driven generative design. So rather than um, us focus on you know too too many different areas, we've we've kind of broadened the products that we offer. Um, so we we can draw on the specialism of, of those other brands. But within SolidWorks, um, we uh, we've basically focused on allowing designers to check whether their designs are suitable for additive manufacturing. So one of the big reasons you use 3D CAD is that you can do things like interference detection and collision detection. So you can check the design works up front, but there was nothing that really existed for 3D printing because there's so many different ways of 3D printing something. How do you know if it's really suitable? So we have a number of tools that we've introduced over the last couple of years where you can literally go to the file menu as if you're going to do a 2D print, but there's an option to print 3D. And in there, it will check whether you have any support structures that are required, where the overhang angles are, and you can even get a preview of the layer thickness. So if you're printing to FDM type machines, you can type in the layer thickness and it will give you a preview of what those layers will look like. Really? So, and that's in SolidWorks? Yes, that's part of oh, SolidWorks. I didn't even know that. Okay, yeah. cool. So just on the file menu, you'll see print 3D. It kind of gives you an envelope for what size your printer is. And just to make it even easier, we actually partnered with Terry Wallers, who has a library of, of 3D printer uh, build envelopes. So you can just pick your printer from the, the, the library and it will preview your model inside that printer. Uh, so it's got all the sizes in there. It's got hundreds of them. Oh, so whether how it's... did I not know this? It's already <laughs> baked in. Yeah. Okay. So it's got pretty much any printer you can buy. If there's oh one goodness. that you have that that isn't in there, please let us know, and we'll we'll let Terry know to include okay. that. I'm going to and check this out after the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's a little free tip for everyone. But um, yeah, that that was one thing we did. So, you, so first, you can check it fits. You can automatically scale it to fit on your printer. Um, you can see if there's any overhangs, uh, you can check if there's going to be any stair stepping. So if you have an angle where the, the layers are just kind of not compatible, you'll you'll see it very obviously. And we can even do uh, like real view bump mapping so you can see the, the textures 
in 3D. So you get a really good idea of what the 3D print's going to come out like. Neat. Okay. So, um, so yeah, that's it's it's kind of a small thing. It's not like a big wow, like that's amazing kind of lattice structurey type um, piece of technology. But I think it's really useful and it fits really really well with what we're trying to do with SolidWorks. Well, we have in our design libraries here at Pipeline um, just boxes that we've created that are the size of the build platforms of our 3D printers. And so we'll drag them in and say, yep, fits, or no, it doesn't fit. And all this time, that was already in there. <laughs> Didn't even know it. Yeah, that was introduced. <laughs> uh, the library, I think the library, I get confused with the versions that, that things came in in now because we work so many versions ahead. But I, the library came in, I think, in SolidWorks 2018 or 19. But the print 3D capability really evolved in SolidWorks 2017. So Okay. All right. Well, I'm excited to check that out. What what is this thing called 3D experience? I have read about it here and there and there's like X design and and 3D creator and 3D sculptor but I don't really understand like what this thing is and why I should use it and and how I can use it. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. So that is a big focus of ours right now. So Dassault Systems since I think about uh 2012 started on um, the next generation of, of design products. And it's, and it's really more than just design. It's, it's about running a business. So for instance, uh, if you think about CAD, it's, it's computers aiding the design, but it's 3D CAD is, is just creating 3D models. It's a very short, uh, small piece of what you actually do as part of your design work. You probably use things like Excel and you probably use different tools like email and, and Skype or Teams or Slack or something to communicate with the rest of the design team. There's a whole range of, of other applications that you probably could say it's part of your design workflow. And then you've got the, the bigger business. So, um, how you interact with marketing or sales if you have those departments or purchasing or service and maintenance and even manufacturing and 3d experiences is the platform that contains applications that can do all of these different things so x design is is an app it's within a role and what you purchase are roles and within that role is everything to do a particular job so we have uh, roles such as 3D Creator, which contains the X-Design app, and that's our 3D parametric modeling tool. We have 3D Sculptor, which has an app called X-Shape in it, where you do subdivision modeling. So just like a sculptor, you kind of push and pull surfaces to get the desired result. So that's something that's just not available in SolidWorks. And the, the 3D Experience platform is where we can do all these uh, kind of new ways of doing design. So we're trying to make it much more flexible, much much easier. And all of our app applications that start with an X means it runs completely in a browser. So you can be with a customer on your iPad or other tablet or even on your phone, and you can start to you know take down ideas. And built into that is data management, and it's all on the cloud. So you, you can be anywhere and still see all of your design data, even you know, even on your phone. And it's, it, as I say, it's got data management built in, but we've also built in all of the collaboration tools. So we kind of have a social media site that we call a, a, a community. 
and you can post ideas in 3D directly from XDesign, our 3D uh, creator solution, um, to that community. And it's kind of like a social media page. So you can still rotate the 3D model, but people can review it. So rather than sending emails with like attachments, you can just let them know that it's in the community and they can review it. So you can get sign off from lots of different stakeholders and they just you just go into one place so you haven't got to reply all and you know get different emails back and forth and can so, you invite like customers to that community also so customers can log in and see what abs- you're working on absolutely yeah so you can create as many communities as as you like so you could have one okay. for the design team one for the sales team one for customers and they can all con- contribute it's it's just like a social media page so everyone knows how to use it straight away they can like things but you can even do things like surveys and ask questions and there's an ideas funnel built in so if if you get an idea from a customer you can throw it into a funnel and and pass things along so so um, if i if i uh, have a solidworks model cuz everything we do is in solidworks and then i open it up in x shape or x design and i make some change can that be pushed back into solidworks or is it now forever locked into x shape or x design no so we've designed it so that you can work with solidworks as well and you can actually connect SOLIDWORKS to the 3D Experience platform. So that way, all of your SOLIDWORKS data is managed on the 3D Experience platform. So it's uh, it's basically a cloud PDM system that you just okay. hook SOLIDWORKS up to. And through that, once it's on the platform, you can open any of the design data in any of the apps. So if you need okay. to do simulation, we have simulation roles on, on the platform. If you need to do X shape, um, 3D Sculpt to work on the platform, you can open the SOLIDWORKS data and create a, a cover around something. If you create something in 3D Sculpt, you can then open it in um, in SOLIDWORKS. Okay. Uh, if you need to make any changes, you do have to go back to the authoring app that you actually created it in, Got but it, it. Will, it will update everywhere else. And the great thing about these additional applications in 3D experiences, as long as you have an active SolidWorks subscription, everything else is free, right? Um, it's, <laughs> <laughs> everything's negotiable. <laughs> okay, everything's negotiable. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, you mentioned generative design, and that kind of segues into something I, I wanted to talk about, which is. AI and its role in product development and CAD. Uh, so Autodesk has this thing, right? That where they, they, it's called generative design. I remember a customer of ours um, told me this was probably a, a couple of years ago. He said, "Hey, I found this really cool thing online, and it does all the design work for you." And he was he was kind of hinting at, "I'm not sure I need you guys anymore because." I've got AI now and it's just going to do all the work. And I was like, eh, I mean, I didn't say it. that's ridiculous to him directly, but I'm thinking, yeah, there's no way that that's the case. So I searched for it and I found it and kind of read a little bit about it and, and understood what, what it was. And of course, it's not doing all the design work for you, but it's kind of a cool thing, right? Where it, it uh, takes a, a block of geometry and you give it some parameters and it spits out this optimized shape, optimized for, for strength and I guess mass of material or, or volume. And it creates these, these crazy, um, like super organic, almost anatomical shapes 
that again optimizes your geometry for whatever strength parameters you you put into it and it it's neat um but it seems like the only way you could manufacture something like that would be probably 3D printing. Um, I mean, there's no way you're going to injection mold something like that. So the utility of it to me is, was kind of limited, I thought. Um, but, but it got me thinking about AI and CAD and product, product development. Is, is SolidWorks doing anything on that front? I'm, I'm sure the answer is, is yes. But so I guess the question is what, what kinds of like machine learning or AI has SolidWorks integrated or do we should we expect to see in the future? Yes, so we do have generative design solutions. There's, there's a range of them. One is built into the X-Design app, part of 3D Creator, uh, which we call Design Guidance. So it uh, basically, you can start with nothing. You can just start with a couple of sketches and some forces. And we even give you hints as to what forces you should be using. So we actually have some references in there, like the average weight of a car, the average weight of a, a human, uh, kind of average pushing force, things like that. And it will go off hmm, and generate a, a guided kind of shape to say, that, you know, the, this is where you want the, the material to go at the very kind of minimum. Um, and then we have a, a kind of a bigger sibling to that product, which is a function-driven generative designer that does generative design. And within that, you can actually specify a manufacturing process. So if you wanted to 3D print it without support structures, you can say, I want to 3D print it, but make sure there's no overhangs beyond this angle. And it will generate the, the shape that, that you want that that is still manufacturable and you can specify whether you want to machine it or or cast it so it's got a bit more intelligence in there but that that's not really kind of machine learning because we've just taught it the rules um so what we've done with machine learning is uh inside 3d creator and 3d sculptor when you're sketching something uh, it actually looks at the surrounding geometry. So any 3D or other sketches that you've done previously, we we look at the relative position of the last sketch and say, okay, um, that geometry kind of appears in lots of other places. So there's a good chance you want to replicate that into other areas. So if you imagine real simple, a piece of sheet metal, you put in a hole in one of the corners because it's a cover it's going to be snapped on. You draw a little hole, in the corner, in, there's a little pop-up that's our design assistant. That's what we call it. You click on that, and the most thing, most likely thing it's going to suggest is that you've got a hole in all four corners, because it just looks at the vertex where the, you've drawn the sketch close to, and it just replicates the same relation to all of the other corners. So we're just kind of automating what you're most likely to do next in the, in the sketch environment. Similar to in SolidWorks, if you click on an edge to put a fillet on it, uh, it will suggest other edges on which you might want to put that same fillet, right? Yes. Yeah. So we also have that capability for, for selection, um, again, in, in 3D Creator, where um, so it, it works slightly differently. In, in SolidWorks, we are just looking at the geometry and different options for uh, how we can select a group of edges or faces. 
But uh, what we're doing in 3D Creator, because it's web-based, we, we can actually use the kind of cloud computing to store mm. all of this uh, machine learning and benefit from it. So we do a little bit more there. If you pick, pick on an edge, uh, we actually look at the length of the edge, the direction, whether there's other edges that are in different directions that are the same length or similar edges, um, if there's something on a, on a hidden face and, and things like that. So we can and we can actually learn from what you've done in the past as well so it gets more intelligent and if you pick oh, on okay. another edge it says okay well the first edge was this length but this one's kind of vertical and completely different so it refines the suggestions so it's mm. just kind of suggesting what you're likely to do next based on what you've just done so is there a future in which uh, X design and X shape and SolidWorks are all combined into the same product? Or do you think we're always going to be kind of bouncing back and forth between these if we want to gain the benefits of the, the AI, the machine learning? So right right now we are, uh, it, it's just a bit easier to use the machine learning in, in the cloud, uh, the mm -hmm. way we have it set up. But there's there's no reason why we can't start to include that in in SolidWorks desktop as as well um but yeah so right now the the strategy is really about offering choice so a lot of people like the fact that SolidWorks is installed and they can control it and all the data's on on their machine and you know they can manage it how they want but uh, we also want to offer people the choice of cloud because a lot of the next generation are almost cloud first with things like Google Docs, um, you know, that that's just what you expect. Yeah. And everything's stored there. And it means that, you know, you can go to your local fab lab, for example, uh, you just log into their, their machine and all your data is there. You don't need to carry around memory sticks, which you inevitably lose or, you know, hard drives or all that kind of thing. So will, will SolidWorks at some point be in the cloud? So we do we do offer that as a trial right now. So if you just wanted to try uh, SolidWorks, uh, you, there is a facility you can just go online and and use okay. uh, SolidWorks in a in a virtual machine. And we do have partners that will set that up for you. So if you did want to run it completely on on the web, uh, you, that that's definitely possible. Uh, so we we don't offer it directly right now, just because it's kind of um, it does make the price more expensive uh, to run it all on on online, okay. and you tend to want extra products to go alongside it. So SolidWorks does use things like Microsoft Excel to uh, do design tables mm. and things like that. So um, we would end up hosting those kind of services as well. And you know, like where do we stop? So where do we draw the line? So. So it's a little bit challenging. So what we've done with the new apps like 3D Creator and 3D Sculptor is we've designed them with the, the web in mind. So rather than being limited to having to use other pieces of software or store the files in a certain way, we, we save everything into a database. So you don't have the concept of files. Um, so you can rename things. So if you start doing test.prt uh, and then you decide to change it, it's not going to affect any of your assemblies. Nice. So nice. we're really looking at design afresh and say, so, okay, what, what are the challenges that people have and what's the best way to overcome it? And these, these X, we've gone down a rabbit hole on, on this stuff. But so my last qu question here on that topic, are the, the X applications, do they have drawing capabilities, 2D drawings? Or do you have to go back to SolidWorks for that? 
so right now we we have a facility to create drawings um, that's connected to the platform it still requires a, an installed application but that's definitely something on our roadmap um, so we're we're looking more into uh, kind of model-based definition uh, so it's kind of uh, it's not going to be full um, like 3D PMI kind of style, we want to help people transition. So we'll probably have the capability to do something that looks like a drawing, but the workflow will be slightly different. So again, we're looking at what, what are designers trying to achieve? And we, we need the drawing for kind of regulation purposes, but if we want to manufacture it, the drawing is probably not the best way to do it. You kind of want all the dimensions and tolerances to be on the 3D model and you want to share the 3D model directly and manufacture from that that's interesting we we've found the opposite to be true that for things like tolerances and you know material callouts and service finishes the drawing is is the way that we do that so you're saying that moving forward there's uh this this future where manufacturers aren't really looking at the drawings but are more looking at the 3d model so yeah model-based definition has kind of been a promise for maybe even 20 years or so. You know, it's, it's not really a new concept, but there is a lot of resistance to going in that direction. And I think it's partly because of um, regulatory bodies still say they need a 2D drawing. And there's a lot of people are used to a 2D drawing as being the, the final deliverable. But 2D drawings can be ambiguous. You know, how do you really know if it's a boss or a hole? Uh, you kind of have to look at different drawing views and they're not necessarily correct. You know, it's easy to put a concentric tolerance on a flat plane, for example. There's there's no kind of checking that we can really do on a, on a 2D drawing. Um, so we, we still want to have that end drawing as a deliverable for people who want that, but we also want the benefits of 3D annotations that can be read by the machine. So if you've got a CNC uh, machine that can read these dimensions and tolerances, why do you need someone to kind of translate from the drawing and then essentially create a 3D model again? Right, right. Seems like that would simplify things as long as everyone was on the same page that everything's in the 3D file. <laughs> That's that seems to that seems to be the issue, yeah, because it's yeah. kind of moving the responsibility from uh, the kind of shop floor from the manufacturer more onto the designer, and the designer doesn't necessarily want to do that because it's now their fault, and the manufacturer is worried <laughs> that he's that that he or she is not going to have anything to do. So it's definitely a challenge, and I think that's why model-based definition's been kind of slow for, to, to be adopted. But we're, we're hoping to change that with this uh, best of both worlds approach. All right. Well, quick break here. The Being an Engineer podcast is brought to you by Pipeline Design and Engineering, where we work with predominantly medical device engineering teams who need turnkey custom test fixtures or automated equipment to assemble, inspect, characterize, or perform verification or validation testing on their devices. And you can find us at testfixturedesign.com. We're speaking with Mark Rushton today at, I think I'm, I'm using the ignorant American pronunciation. I've always said Dassault, but I noticed that you said, was it Dassault? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, since it's a French company, that's yeah, that's the way to <laughs> pronounce it. But you, you're not alone. So, my my wife always says croissant instead of croissant, and I just can't bring myself to say a croissant. So, forgive me. I'm gonna keep saying Dassault for now, and and you say Dassault. 
and uh, and and everything will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So jumping back into some of the questions here, um, uh, design teams are becoming more and more remote, even before the whole COVID thing hit. Um, our team at Pipeline, we we have an office where we all come and and you know build stuff and test stuff what we need to. But for the most part, everyone works remotely from a home office, and that's been the case even before COVID hit. Uh, what what are some of the solutions that SolidWorks is developing to help specifically with things like revision control or or PDM um, in the context of remote teams that that are not sharing some kind of centralized network? Yes, so that's again where the 3D experience platform comes in. Uh, so we connecting SolidWorks to the 3D experience platform means that all the data is on the cloud and you can access it from anywhere with with a secure login. And it it does as much data management as as you want. So we have it's a very scalable solution. And you can just do basic revision control if you want. You don't even have to do that, but we do allow things like branching if you if you have an idea and you're not sure you want to commit to a new uh, revision necessarily mm -hmm. you can kind of branch off and start a new design idea um, and then at any time you can you can publish these designs into the community so you, whether you want to do a, a screenshot or have a, a separate 3d preview and 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 put that into a community and it's it's really as if SolidWorks is is part of the 3D experience platform once once you've got that connection. Um, and there's there's tools in there for even video calling or audio calling. Um, and there's even a kind of instant message kind of facility as well. So there's um, it just it's a it's another collaboration tool but it's it's really 3d first so you can very easily push 3d geometry in into that um that community and everybody can can see it from any any device and we actually have a lot of customers that are looking to to be cloud first they don't want to have the overhead of having to install and update software anymore yeah. um because then you've got the the issue with mismatched versions and you know how, how do you stay on top of it everybody has to update at the same time you've got you know big software to download um although internet speeds are getting faster so it's it's not too bad to to do that and we try to make the installation process as, as easy as possible but there's there's definitely a lot of benefits that the cloud is is opening up to connect people so for a team like ours where we're working remotely we don't have a central network uh, the solution to having a PDM or revision control. I mean, we have our own, you know, quote unquote, poor man's revision control where we just do it manually. But if we wanted a more, um, sophisticated solution to that, uh, 3D experience, that's, that's, it sounds like that's the answer. Yeah. I, I so it sounds exact without trying to be a salesperson um it does sound like that would really offer you a lot of benefits because okay. uh yeah you don't need a server you don't need any software on a server and you can you can just connect solidworks to the platform and and everything gets saved there so you would be working locally um until you hit save and then it, it sends up a, a copy or sends up the file to the to the 3d experience platform with a revision stores it in a database so it knows what else it's connected to 
so you can view a nice graph of you know what's in an assembly and and see all the parts that are connected and where they're used and and things like that the revision history any notes on there and then if if you wanted to share that with someone we have another application called the 3d drive where you can put uh, an assembly or a file into the 3D drive and you can just grab a link and, and just send someone a link, they can click on the link and they can view it in, in 3D. So it doesn't have to just be internal to, to pipeline, it can be anybody outside the organization as well. Very cool. Okay. Let's talk about computing hardware for, for a few minutes here. So a pet peeve of mine for a long time has been that uh, to be fully compliant with with uh, you know the the SolidWorks infrastructure, you need to have this expensive Quadro graphics card that's thousands of dollars if you want really you know buttery smooth movement on your screen, as opposed to like uh, Nvidia GeForce uh, gaming card that's maybe you know five hundred bucks or something like that. Moving to cloud computing, does that allow us to use uh, some of these less inexpensive yet still very capable gaming cards, or, or do we still need the high-end Quadro cards? No, that's that's another huge benefit. Is we we do all the graphics processing, so yeah, you don't need any specific graphics um, hardware at all on you, on your machine. So, like I said, it works really well on an iPad. Um, so you, you can literally pick up any machine. So we've tested it on Chromebooks as well. As long as it, it does work better if you have some kind of graphics card, but you can run it like my machine, my, my daily driver machine is, is not a CAD spec machine. It, do, it just has onboard graphics and it runs it fine. You know, all, all of the demos that I record are done on, on that machine. It's uh, it's just a Core i5 processor. It's not even an i7, and I get the same graphics, really nice shadows, and kind of good performance without needing, you know, a crazy machine. So that's yeah, that's definitely a reason for um, moving in that direction. And and the reason we've we've had that requirement in SolidWorks is that rather than um, kind of dial back the performance, what we tried to do is really utilize the graphics card. So if, if you've got a, a, a graphics card that's certified um, with the certified driver, it means that the, uh, the hardware manufacturer has actually tested it to a much higher level. So that's where a lot of the cost comes from. It's more the driver, because a lot of the time the hardware is actually the same. But they, they do a lot more testing on, on the graphics drivers, and we test those graphics drivers with our hardware. And we we really tried to squeeze out as much performance out of every graphics card that that you that you have. So rather than say, well, we can be a lot more compatible and just use your CPU, but you're not going to get good performance. We kind of say, well, if you if you do have a graphics card, we, we want to really use it as much as yeah, possible. Okay. Okay. You worked at uh, Siemens for a year and a half or something uh, with their, their NX platform. Did you see any core uh, fundamental differences between how the software was used, you know, versus SolidWorks? Is there an industry or an environment in which you know, NX might work better than soft, uh, SolidWorks or SolidWorks might work better than NX or were they, you know, more or less the same thing? They're both uh, modern day CAD platforms. That's an interesting question. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of similarities. I, I think my, my experience, I tended to work with the larger companies uh, that 
that uh, used NX. Um, so people like, um, well, I probably shouldn't say too too many customer names, but they tended <laughs> to be kind of larger customers uh, that data management was, was probably more important to them um, because they have so many users and uh, they tend to be more protective of, of their mm. IP um, and more process driven, I would say. Uh, so yeah, the design um, is is it's not less important, I would say, but the the connection to the data management is is usually what uh, larger companies look for first. I so see. they they kind of they're driven by the data management and and would add on CAD. Okay. Um, whereas a lot of SolarWorks customers are uh, much smaller, so you know, one-person operations tend to to start. We have a lot of startups. I think it's a little bit easier to get on board with and and start, uh, you know, a, a hardware business or a design business, and they tend to grow kind of organically and then start to look at data management rather than the other way around. So that. That's that's kind of the main uh, difference, I think. You know, a lot of the applications uh, that the people use the design software for are kind of similar. Uh, they probably tend to be slightly more complex um, with with Siemens NX, but there's definitely examples where you know the SolarWorks customers doing very complex work as well. So yeah, yeah there's definitely a lot of crossover. It tends to be yeah the need for kind of control and, and data management that that tends to um, set them apart although nx does have some very specialist areas and that tends to compete with our katia brand more than it does with with solidworks okay all right i have two more questions for you and then then we can end here um, the first one is uh, you are in charge of the mechanical design and shape and style um, at uh, category at at uh, Dassault, Dassault, and what what can we expect to see in the next you know two two three years um, for the core SolidWorks software uh, in terms of you know mechanical design? And then the follow up to that, the second question is, what is CAD going to look like twenty years from now? Well, that's, a, that's two great questions. So the upcoming release of SolidWorks, um, it it's a very it's a very mature product it's it's definitely an industry standard you're very hard pressed to someone that hasn't heard of it or used it at some point and so you know adding more features is something that that's definitely becoming harder to do mm, um, yeah. so there's definitely going to be a lot more kind of incremental uh, control and and a huge focus is performance and reliability. So the the next release, which uh, we're we're just in uh, beta phase at the moment, we've we've put a huge amount of effort into quality and and performance, and that's really based on what our customers have been telling us. You know, they, there's a lot of features that we've added in in the last few years that that have made a few people happy. Um, and one project I was really involved with was uh, 3D textures, and we showed that at uh, SolidWorks World, and the audience just went crazy because it was like a new innovation. It had not been in like 3D CAD, like our category of 3D CAD. It had been in kind of rendering software, but it had never really been in 3D CAD. And yeah, the crowd just went crazy, like they often do at SolidWorks World, and 
uh, yeah, that, that was great. But there's not many people that really benefit from that. Like it, it does help if you're 3D printing. Um, so mm -hmm. although it's a really nice innovation, we really want to help more people. So yeah, performance and reliability benefits everybody. And so um, that's that's what we've been primarily focused on on there. And then to answer the other question of, of what it will look like in 20 years time, I think we're certainly looking at artificial intelligence and machine learning as really something that can help a lot of design and, and engineers uh, because it's it, it's just convenience. Like there's a lot of things that we require the user to do or to at least be aware of right now that, that we could use machine learning to check for us. So something uh, to give an analogy, how um, a lot of Microsoft products and, um, and any kind of word um, processing application puts the little red squiggle when you've spelt something wrong or, or a blue squiggle if it's like incorrect grammar. But like if we if we're able to kind of ask the user how something's going to be manufactured, wouldn't it be nice if we had a red squiggle oh, underneath to say, nice. yeah, you're not going to injection mold that because because of this wall <laughs> thickness ratio yeah. to the rib. Yeah. So that that's we're looking at it um, and we're calling it the design assistant in that sense. So it's just like someone watching over the shoulder who's got all this knowledge where we can just help you with with the design for whether it's for manufacturability or or performance and i think that the role of the design engineer is is kind of shifting so if you go way back before we were you know designers when people were using drawing boards and things like that it kind of moved to an electronic drawing board and then you had a drafts person and a designer and they were kind of two separate roles and someone would say it should be like this and then the drafts person would kind of put it into cad and and, and they were two set and that's kind of merged now because cad's a bit more accessible and easier there's there's no longer like a drafts person it's it's just a designer and so right now we tend to throw things over the wall to like a simulation analyst and i think those two roles are, are going to become merged next so making this the simulation and and kind of virtual testing uh, more accessible. I think we're starting to see that with kind of generative design and topology optimization. So I think those roles are going to become a lot more merged. And if we can use machine learning to assist and say, well, if you were to use this material instead, it's actually a cheaper material at right right now. You know, we can draw on, you know, the price of uh, an availability of different materials. Um, we could even look at the sustainability of, of that material. That's good, definitely going to be more important. Um, so, yeah, I think we can we can do a lot more to, to help the designer dynamically. Do you, do you think that, again, 20 years from now, are we ever going to get to the point where we have gotten rid of our keyboard and our mouse and our, our monitor and we've got like a hologram on our desk or maybe it's a VR headset and we're using our hands to control things. Is that is that a possibility? I think it is. I think there's definitely a challenge of the user experience and the user interface right now. I think uh, we, we would have to look hard at what the best approach is. Yeah. Um, so we, we often have the... So we, we're focused a lot on touch touchscreen devices and i i'm i'm kind of trying to push the team to make it work on a phone 
And some of the team are like, no one's ever going to use a phone because it's too small. But that's because the user interface just doesn't really work on something that small. Um, but I, th I almost think it's it's almost generational. Like when I speak to my my dad, he doesn't want to watch a movie on on a phone, but I'm quite happy to watch a movie uh, on a yeah. phone. So right. it, I think it's kind of what you get used to, and it's also the user experience. Like if you were watching a movie on on your phone and it took up you know a tiny piece of the screen because you've got like the browser window and and all that kind of stuff cluttering the screen, and like the play button was on all the time. It, it, you probably wouldn't want to do it. Um, so I think we can definitely improve the user experience to um, to work in a kind of hologrammatic or virtual reality <laughs> mode. Um, a lot of people say it'd be tiring if we were kind of sculpting things in 3D mm, and, and reaching, yeah. but you know, people have stand-up desks, so who yeah, knows? Yeah, it'd probably be good for us, right? Yeah, Get our absolutely. bodies moving a little bit more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, Mark, thank you so much for, for joining us. Um, really appreciate all of the, the insight that you've provided into SolidWorks and the 3D experience, um, uh, system. Um, uh, before we end, if, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, LinkedIn is, is pretty easy to find me. I, I should hope. Um, otherwise people can drop me an email. It's just mark.rushton at 3ds.com. That's Mark with a K and rush as in rushing around and ton as in the weight. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and just the number 3ds.com, but yeah, LinkedIn, however people want to reach me is, is fine. Perfect. All right. Well, Mark, thank you again. Thanks very much, Aaron. Thanks for having me. I'm Aaron Moncur, founder of Pipeline Design and Engineering. If you liked what you heard today, please leave us a positive review. It really helps other people find the show. To learn how your engineering team can leverage our team's expertise in developing turnkey custom test fixtures, automated equipment, and product design, visit us at testfixturedesign.com. Thanks for listening.